Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Dan Snow's History. I hope 2022 is treating you well so far. I'm having a great old time. I'm dragging my kids around the new forest. We are digging up. Well, we're not digging up anything, actually, because I have a license. So, incorrect. Freudian slip. Misspoke there. I misspoke. We are looking at root place. When a tree falls over in the forest near me, the great new forest, called new because William the Conqueror turned it into a forest a thousand years ago. If you're listening abroad, that is what passes for new stuff here in the UK. When trees fall over, they rip up great sods of earth on their root plates. And in those great masses of earth, you can find things like Roman pottery, or even Stone Age nappings, flint chippings. It's wonderful. We're out doing that. It got dark. We had to find our way back with torches. It was a bit of an adventure, i got to say. I'm toughening up my kids for a lifetime of hunting down history. They're going to love it. In this episode of Dan Snow's History, I'm repeating an old classic from 2019. I talked to Dr. Tarek Alawadi. He took me around Treasures of the Golden Pharaoh. It was an exhibition at the Saatchi Gallery in London. It's commemorating the 100th anniversary of discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb, which was in 1922. So it felt like at the start of this year, let's revisit Tutankhamun. Howard Carter, more importantly, the young Egyptian boy working with Howard Carter's excavation team, found the top step of a staircase leading down in the hillside of the Valley of the Kings in late 1922. It turned out to be Tutankhamun's tomb, of course. Two years later, on January the 3rd, so today in 1924, so 98 years ago today, two years after Howard Carter had opened up that tomb, they uncovered the greatest treasure. They opened the stone sarcophagus containing the solid gold coffin that holds the mummy of Tutankhamun. So today is also a big anniversary, and we thought we'd bring you back this classic conversation from the archive for you all to enjoy. It was actually recorded in the museum, as you can hear, there's all sorts of weird noises, but it was one of the great exhibitions I've ever been to. It was absolutely lovely. Sadly, its progress around the world was halted by COVID. I wonder where it all is now. It's probably in transit somewhere. hope it's safe. Anyway, if you wish to listen to back episodes of this podcast, and there's been some good ones. I was thinking the other day, we had Peter Jackson, we've had Gary Oldman, we had loads of Mary Beard, Lucy Worsley, we've got all the good Tony Blair, they're all available on History Hit TV. It's like Netflix for history. We've got the video, the audio. We've got hundreds of history documentaries made by us and licensed in from other places. So head over to History Hit TV. If you follow the link in the description to this podcast, it'll take you straight there and you get 14 days free. You can check it out. But in the meantime, folks, here is Dr. Tarek Alawadi taking us around the treasures of the Golden Pharaoh 
on this special anniversary. Enjoy. So this is our uh, first gallery here, and we are trying to answer one of the most asked questions about the treasure of Tutankhamun. People always ask and wonder why the ancient Egyptians buried all this gold and all this treasure with their dead. For the ancient Egyptians, this was not the end of the uh, human being's life. It was just another step to the afterlife, to the eternal life. Like any traveler going uh, into a journey, he would need to be well equipped to have everything he might need for his journey. And of course, this was a mysterious journey. No one made this journey before and came back to tell us what he experienced there. So the ancient Egyptian made sure that the king, the dead king, will have everything he might need for the journey. We start from here. This afterlife, they thought that it would be dark and it would need sort of lights, in, you know, to enlighten the darkness of the afterlife. So they gave the king this beautiful alabaster, which can, you know, remove the darkness and also a lamb. You look at these wonderful artifacts and you see the love and perfection, you know, put in it. It was ju not just uh, objects giving to uh, a dead one to put it in a tomb in darkness. But and, and some of these alabaster um, vases and things, they had, they had oils in them, didn't they? Had they, they, had, they survived over the, all the years? Of course, uh, all these uh, alabasters, they are containers for many different materials, uh, oils and uh, sometimes very expensive ointments for the king for the king's body. Now we can't walk past this one. Yes, the guardian statue. Here, for the first time, this piece of art never left Egypt before. It's unique because this is the only statue which was found inside the tomb of Tutankhamun in life size, in this size. You know, all the statues were smaller and uh, this is one of two. So the statue has a twin and the guardian, the name guardian came because when Howard Carter entered to the first room called the antechamber, on his right hand, he found these two beautiful statues, you know, standing, looking at each other, as if they are protecting something in between. And when he checked the area, it was the entrance to the burial chamber of the king. These were showing the way to where the shrine was. Yes, uh, where the entrance to the burial chamber of the king was. And that's why they were named the guardian statue. This one is a beautiful statue. And the magic in the statue is that it doesn't matter from what angle you're looking at the statue. Even if you come very close to the face of the statue, the statue doesn't look at you at all. The reason is the statue is looking at far beyond our world is looking to the afterlife, to the eternal life of the king, watching there. So it has nothing to do with our world. It's not worried about us, Tarek. Yeah. This is an astonishing piece here. Is this one of the, what, the day beds or the beds? Yes, this is one of the beds of Tutankhamun. 
which was found inside the tomb. And this one is very special because, you know, made out of wood and it's gilded and here is the head and here is the legs. And on the back of the uh, bed, you can see figures, depictions of God, Bes and Goddess Tawerit. God, Bes and Goddess Tawerit were there on the bed in order to get rid of the bad dreams, oh, really? the nightmares, and give the sleeping king only the good dreams and protect him while he's sleeping. And Tutankhamun was a child when he came to the throne. He was a teenager when he died. How many years did he reign? Okay, he uh, became king of Egypt when he was only nine years old and he died at age of uh, 19 years old. So it was a very short life, but he enjoyed this short life. So it's about three and a half thousand years ago. Yeah. Does Tutankhamun matter because we have all these extraordinary objects in his tomb, or was he an important pharaoh for what he did politically and socially in Egypt and religiously in Egypt as well? Well, uh, some scholars, they believe that uh, Tutankhamun was just a a minor king in the 18th dynasty because of the short reign. But the fact is, he was very important king in uh, ancient Egyptian history. The reason is, he came after his father, the famous Akhenaton, the one who changed Egypt's long tradition of religion. Akhenaton stopped worshipping all the gods and goddesses, and he closed the temples in Egypt, and he only worshipped one god, Aton, and he moved the capital. This was a huge thing in ancient Egyptian history. After the death of Akhenaton, it was the rule, the job of the young king, Tutankhamun, to restore the old tradition of the country and reopen the temples. And of course, there were men behind the, uh, the uh, king, you know, to help him and to take control of the country. So he was really important for uh, the time he lived. And uh, I think he was not uh, just a forgotten king. And then of course, he became the most famous pharaoh of all because of the discoveries that were made in the Valley of the Kings. Yeah, this is true. Until today, the discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun is the most important discovery made in the world because this is the only intact royal treasure we have from the 18th dynasty and from the new kingdom, a period we call in history the golden age of ancient Egypt. The myth is that the tomb was entirely left alone by tomb robbers and it was found by Howard Carter exactly has been closed up. But that's not quite true, is it? There was some entrance by robbers and some things were stolen, weren't there? Okay, the story is we do believe that it's the smallest tomb in the Valley of the King for uh, a king. And uh, we do believe that 5,300 objects were just stuffed inside this small place, this small tomb. When Howard Carter opened the tomb for the first time, he had few evidence that the tomb was entered at least twice after the burial of the king. He found two layers of ceiling on the doorways leading to the tombs. He found that some of the artifacts were moved from the actual place, you know, and they were 
replaced again in a different position. And he found one or two objects uh, laying on the floors without the top. And the last thing was the mirror case, a beautiful mirror case, which we have here on display in our exhibition. Very beautiful. But when he opened the mirror case, he didn't find inside the golden mirror, you know, of the king. So he believed that the mirror was stolen. But we can uh, explain what happened, you know, because uh, after they buried the king, there will be some investigations, you know, uh, by the guards of the necropolis, by the people in charge of protecting the tombs. So we can expect that they would come and remove the old seal and go inside the tomb in order to make sure that everything is inside. But we cannot deny that maybe tomb robbers try to uh, penetrate inside the tomb of Tutankhamun, but the fact is they didn't have enough time to steal anything from the tomb. And thanks to Ramses V, who came hundreds of years after uh, Tutankhamun and decided to build his tomb above the tomb of Tutankhamun because his workmen, they just took the debris from his tomb and threw it in front of the tomb and closing forever the entrance to Tutankhamun's tomb. What have we got? Let's see, what, what have we got here? Ah, this is one of the masterpieces, you know, it's just a piece of art. What you see is the statue of God, Petah. Petah is a creator god in ancient Egypt and he is the master, he's the lord of all sculptors, carpenters, you know, so he is the chief artist in Egypt. And uh, before, you know, the artists in ancient Egypt to start or begin with any work, they had to make uh, some sort of prayers to Petah and mention his name so they make sure that what they are doing will come with perfection. And oh, you can, perfect. yeah, you can see the perfection in this beautiful statue. Harry, look at this, this is astonishing. Yes. Is it the top of a canopic jar? Exactly, this is the stubber of uh, the uh, canopic jar, and this is one of four coffinets uh, found inside the canopic jars. So the canopic jars where the, the body parts, the entrails of Tutankhamun were placed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So when Howard Carter uh, found the so-called the treasury room, just beside the burial chamber, the first thing he saw is a beautiful Anupis shrine, and then a golden shrine. When they opened the golden shrine, there inside was one of the most magical, you know, alapaster canopic jars with four heads like this facing, facing each other. And inside he found the four coffinets. Each one contained apart from the inside, the mummy of uh, Tutankhamun. This one was for the liver of the king and it had wonderful inscriptions inside from the Book of the Dead, making sure that it will be well protected and it will join the body of Tutankhamun in the afterlife. And the soul will recognize 
the uh, mummy of the king and he will live forever in the afterlife. You listen to Dan Snow's history. I'm talking about Tutankhamun, whose golden sarcophagus was seen for the first time in thousands of years today in 1924. More coming up. Join us this month on Gone Medieval from History Hit. I'm Matt Lewis. And I'm Eleanor Yanaga. This April, dive into our special miniseries. With the help of leading experts, we're tracing the foundations of England by exploring the country's most powerful Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. We'll be looking at Northumbria, Mercia and Wessex, as well as the rulers and their councils who helped shape a nation. Make sure to get every episode by listening and following Gone Medieval from History Hit, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful. Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. And also remember, when you use a messaging app, they shrink the photos. You cannot print those out. You cannot blow them up. This is high-quality imagery going to one of the most important people in your life. The Aura app is super easy to set up. It takes about two minutes, and you're going to love it. There's free unlimited storage. Add unlimited photos and videos and invite as many people as you want to a frame. Right now, Aura has got a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code DANSNOW at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I remember that the big... Well, one possible theory is because Tutankhamun might have died very fast. And some people say the canopic jars don't look like him and maybe they were designed for somebody else. Do you believe that? Uh, I uh, do not uh, believe that uh, the canopic jars uh, were meant for someone else. We have the name of Tutankhamun everywhere and there is no single evidence that the name was placed instead of another name. And also when you look at the uh, features, 
uh, on the stubborn. They are very close to the one you see on statues and on everything. But of course, we are dealing with a different material, the alabaster. And you know, doing the engraving on the alabaster is uh, completely different uh, doing it on peating uh, gold uh, sheets. Tutankhamun was 19. Was it unexpected he died so young? Does that reflect perhaps the smallness of the tomb? No, this uh, happened suddenly and no one expected that the king would die. We know for sure after we examined the mummy of Tutankhamun that he suffered from some health problem. But this even would not lead to a sudden death at very uh, young age. The tomb where Tutankhamun was buried was not originally for him. It was meant for a non-royal person. And we believe that this non-royal person was I, who became a king after Tutankhamun. So his sort of prime minister, his vizier. Yes, uh, his vizier. And after the sudden death of Tutankhamun, and of course uh, his tomb was not ready, so the decision was, was made by his successor to uh, remodify the tomb in the Valley of the Kings and bury the king in a hurry because the country needed, you know, uh, a new king. So we can, when we visit Tutankhamun's tomb, we can see the changes made there and we can see even the scenes on the walls which was made in a hurry. And this is for sure that this tomb was not originally for Tutankhamun, but his uh, treasure, it was made in his royal workshop and belongs to the king. So this is uh, two pieces uh, were not originally from the royal workshop. They were given to the king as a gift from a high official. His name was Senegem. And uh, he was a very smart guy because the most important thing in Egypt is to have your name, you know, mentioned forever. So he wrote his name down below the statue on the feet and he gave it as a gift from him to the king. So he has his name forever in the tomb of uh, his king. And so these are a wooden shakti, so-called? Yes. So shakti is a, a small... Uh, figures, figurines, you know, yeah. yeah. And during the new kingdom, they made uh, sure to parry so many yeah. figures like this uh, with uh, the king or with the non-royal uh, person for the afterlife work because it was, you know, believed that in the afterlife, these figures will do the work on behalf of the owner of the tomb, on behalf of the king. Now we are uh, looking at the most sacred and most precious part in the tomb of Tutankhamun. You know, uh, the uh, mummy dressing and the sandals, the golden fingers and toes, the crook and the flail and the scarab on the chest. These are the amulets and uh, the dress of the mummy, which uh, were attached directly to the body of the king. And all what you see, the very fine hieroglyphs, the inscriptions here, prayers from the Book of the Dead, good wishes for the king for a safe journey to the afterlife and for uh, a beautiful 
eternal life. That's what the inscription says. And here we have the Ba, the Ba of Tutankhamun as a bird with a human head spreading the wings, protecting the mummy of Tutankhamun. And this is the sign of power and rebirth in ancient Egypt in the hands of the mummy. And when, so when Howard Carter was slowly peeling back the layers, that there's the shrines, then there's the famous um, sarcophaguses, the, the big, the, you know, the wonderful gold death mask that we know so well. The, this is the, the last layer before the, the mummy itself, is it? Well, Howard Carter found the tomb in November 1922. He only saw the mummy in November 1925. Really? Three years after the discovery. Of course, there was a, almost one year interruption, you know, from 1924 until 1925 uh, because of some problems with the Egyptian government, you know, disagreements of the plans how to continue the work. But Howard Carter, was very patient and he, thanks to his work, to his documentation, which still stand as a model for Egyptologists today, until today, uh, he took care of every piece and he was not in rush to, you know, find the mummy and find everything on the mummy. And that's why we have the objects well preserved. I mean, you say well preserved. These sandals here look like they are brand new. Yes, exactly. They are thousands of years old. Yeah. And uh, it was very important to have the sandals here. They were on the feet of the mummy. So you can imagine something was there in, in the tomb for more than 3,300 years. And now you are looking at it as if it was made just yesterday. So this is the wishing cup. One of uh, my favorite artifacts in the exhibition and also one of uh, Howard Carter's favorite artifacts. The reason is that the very fine inscription written on the wishing cup, these are prayers, wishes for the king. It says, may your soul live thousands of years. May your eyes see wonderful things. And uh, Howard Carter just loved the inscriptions and the meaning of the inscription. He had in his will that he wanted this inscription to be on his gravestone. Really? And this is what the people that this inscription is now on Howard Carter gravestone. And this is one of the unique objects found inside the tomb of Tutankhamun. It has the name That's of That's his cartouche Tut there, isn't it? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is the uh, post names of uh, Tutankhamun, the throne name, Ensupit, king of Upper and Lower Egypt, Nebchiberura, and Sarah, son of Gadra, Tut Anch Amon, Mri Amon. I see wonderful th My eyes have seen wonderful things, thanks to you. And the wish came true because uh, Tutankhamun is the most traveled king from ancient Egypt. King Tut traveled many cities, many different countries, and he saw wonderful things. So I believe that the wish came true. So what's this one, Tarek? This is a very special artifact from the treasure of Tutankhamun. We call it the uh, scarab necklace. 
and it has a, a really beautiful story. You know, the discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun started with a 13 years old boy named Hussein Abdul Rasul. You see his photograph behind the showcase. And Hussein Abdul Rasul was the water boy, the one in charge of bringing the fresh water every day in the morning to the workers. One day, he was on his way to the Valley of the Kings with his donkey and two jars of water, and he started to prepare an area on the ground to place the jar. And while he was doing this, he found the first step, the first stone step, which led Howard Carter to the uh, entrance of uh, the tomb. During the work inside the tomb, Howard Carter found this beautiful necklace and he called Hussein Abdul Rasul and he asked his photographer, the famous Harry Purton, to take the photo of Hussein Abdul Rasul with the necklace. And then he gave him a copy of the photograph uh, in a frame as a gift from Howard Carter to Hussein Abdul Rasul. But after this accident, you know, Hussein never worked again. He every day would take his photograph and stand in front of the tomb of Tutankhamun and tell the visitors, I am the one who found the tomb of Tutankhamun. Sure. And then people start to ask him questions and he answer and they give him money. He stayed like this the entire life. He died uh, over 80 years old. But after him, his son is doing the same, carrying the photographs of his father, carrying his own photograph and uh, telling the story until today, the story of the discovery of Tutankhamun. And one day the grandson as well, I'm sure. Yeah. So Tarek, I have never even heard of this piece before. This is astonishing. I didn't think we had a, a depiction of Tutankhamun on this scale. Yes, uh, so this is uh, the colossal statue of Tutankhamun and it was found not in the tomb of Tutankhamun, but in the mortuary temple in a place called Medinit Habo. It's one of two statues. This is the most complete one. The other one is in fragments. And this is a quartzite statue, a sandstone statue. And it shows the king in his full royal regalia. We have this wonderful object here, and we end our exhibit with in this gallery in order to remind our visitors that King Tutankhamun still lives. As long as we pronounce his name, the king still lives with us. And uh, of course, Tutankhamun for more than 3,300 years, his name was forgotten. But after the discovery, his name is the most known name of a king from ancient Egypt among the people all over the world. So let, let me ask you quickly why the name was forgotten, because he was removed from the list of kings. Yeah. And, and other temples, other, other statues to him and things were, were smashed, weren't they? Why did his successors want to eradicate Tutankhamun? First, we have to uh, uh, mention the fact that uh, Tutankhamun had very short life. You know, he ruled for only nine or 10 years maximum uh, as a king of Egypt. Uh, he didn't do lots of uh, buildings, uh, achievements like uh, long-lived kings, Ramses II, Hotmuz III, Amenhotep III, 
or King Khufu, but it was very short period, but it was very important in Egyptian history. And his name was forgotten, not because, because of his successors erased him from history. It was because of Ramses II only. Ramses II, he was against Akhenaton. He was against the religious Tutankhamun's father. He was against the revolution, you know. He was against this only one cult for only one uh, God. That's why he did not include the name Akhenaton or Tutankhamun among the king list he and his father had in uh, Apaidus temple. But the statue, the name on the statue, this one, for example, was erased not because the successor hated the time of Tutankhamun because it was unfinished work. You know, they, the, Tutankhamun didn't have the time to finish the construction of the mortuary temple or finishing even the statue. So the one who finished the statue put his name okay. instead of the king. I see, very cunning. Well, thank you very much. Thank that you. Was an extraordinary exhibition. You're thank going you. all over the world. Enjoy. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Dan Snow's History. I really appreciate listening to this podcast. I love doing these podcasts. It's a highlight of my career. It's the best thing I've ever done. And your support, your listening is obviously crucial for that project. If you did feel like doing me a favor, if you go to wherever you get your podcasts and give it a review, give a rating, obviously a good one, ideally, then that would be fantastic and feel free to share it. We obviously depend on listeners, depend on more and more people finding out about it, depend on good reviews to keep the listeners coming in. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dan Snow's History. Please follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us and you'll be doing us a big favor. Don't forget, you can also listen to all of these podcasts ad-free and watch hundreds of TV documentaries when you subscribe at historyhit.com slash subscribe as a special gift. You can also get your first three months for just £1 a month when you use code DANSNOW at checkout.